Welcome to paradise. Welcome to Flossin' Paradise! It's Ruby Rod, you name it! And I will tell you live at five the name of the winner of the Super Green Gemini Croquet Contest! The winner was over me for two days to Flossin' Paradise, so tune in to Radio Cosmo! Watch it all day, sweetie. It'll rot your brain. For a perfect world. Technological developments have had as great an impact on our lives as these two idiots. Don't tell me you two are pretty good. Best in the company. Golly, I'm so impressed. You're talking about line of sight. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Welcome to Line of Sight. My name is Adam. My name is Nathan. And hopefully you could understand that clearly. Uh, this is yes. a very special episode of Line of Sight. <laughs> it's the the very first re-record of an episode. Uh, I've been told it happens to everyone that at some point in your podcasting career there'll be uh, issues, mishaps, and what have you. And we had an issue with... Uh, one of our mics the last time we tried to record this. Well, let's not just say one. It was Nathan screwed up by <laughs> not doing point a sound check. <laughs> well, no, it was me. And I did it twice, actually. But I, I'm convinced I can fix one of them. Yeah. And uh, we'll see. But, yeah, no, it was very echoey. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what it was, but... A simple restart of the computer seems to have fixed the problem. So uh, fixes everything. Yeah. So our plan was to do an episode on the fifth element because I had never seen that, and then do an episode on Valerian, the city of a thousand planets, because Adam had not seen that, and it's the same director, and it was perfect, and it's space, <laughs> and it was all perfect, and now. We are combining them, so you're getting a two-for-one. Yeah. So this, you will not be charged double when you download this episode. Everything. Well, we twice of nothing is nothing. So don't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so uh, we, technically, it wasn't just planned. We did do that episode. There is an episode that exists where... You can hear my the side, of the fifth element, yes. But but yeah. we tonight we were going to record Valerian in the City of a Thousand Plants, but because that other one, I, we didn't want to put anyone through that. So we'll, we'll just uh, we'll kind of bounce back and forth because really it was it wasn't planned in advance that we were going to do that one. We kind of decided no. that night because. Uh, it being a first-time watch of The Fifth Element for you, and you had already seen Valerian, you had made the comparisons that they mm -hmm. are a lot alike, and it's almost a spiritual <coughs> successor sequel, mm -hmm. almost. Not not really a sequel, I guess, but they're they're very similar, and uh, having you, now seen You it, could kind of see them in the same universe. Yeah, see them in the same universe, obviously same director, so having the same feel isn't uh isn't that big of a stretch even though they're 20 years apart 
So mm-hmm. the fifth element came out in 1997. Um, and yeah, it, it kind of fell into our category of you've never seen dot, dot, dot. Cause I had seen fifth element, uh, a lot growing up or, uh, once it came out on VHS, my brother owned it and we watched it a lot. So I was very familiar with it. Uh, I probably hadn't seen it in almost 10 years. Hmm. I feel like, I feel like it was 10 years. I, maybe there was once in there cause apparently my wife doesn't like it. So she doesn't want to watch it with me, but I remember buying it on our honeymoon. <laughs> it was, uh, it was very significant. <laughs> we were at Walmart and I was like, I'm going to buy fifth element. Uh, and I feel like I hadn't watched it since then. So that's why I'd say 10 years, but maybe I have, I don't know. I know I've seen parts of it. And I think a year or so ago, I watched the opening where it's in the past. Yeah. But then never went back to it. Uh, had every intention of it. I own it as well. It was just (laughs) on my shelf and I have a large, uh, collection of, Movies I've not yet seen that I've blind bought, and uh, it was one of them. So I finally got around to watching it, and I liked it quite a bit. Uh, it is not perfect, but I I don't see. Well, I could see how people, some people, might dislike it, but like if you're in the right mindset, I don't see how you can dislike. Yeah, the fifth element, right? Like it's, yeah, you, you can't take it seriously. It's not meant to take. It's very jokey. Like yeah, it's, it's just okay. So we we weren't sure how we were going to do this episode, but right away right. I'm drawing similarities because I feel like I think we just bumped back and forth. That perfectly sums up Valerian. I didn't really have a desire to see that movie when I saw the previews. I was like, oh, I don't know, this looks a little too crazy. But mm-hmm. then you kind of primed me for it after talking Fifth Element. It's like, you know what? I love the Fifth Element. I love the director. You're saying there's these similarities. Why wouldn't I like Valerian? So I was right. I was in the mood. We uh, we did our meetup exchange of movies <laughs> in a dark alley, and uh, I was I was pumped for it. So I watched it last night, and yeah, it was I had a probably similar experience for you with the Fifth Element. It was the first time watching. I loved it, uh, and I don't think it's perfect, but it's it is like you're in that mindset. You're gonna have a fun time. <laughs> Yeah, so, so it, it's funny because I rewatched it for the show, and I watched it with our good friend, former guest on the show, Steve from uh, the, yeah. uh, who is Darth Maul, or I mean, who is the Phantom Menace? <laughs> You're trying so, to sway our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> who is Darth Maul? It's uh, Jeopardy. Who is Darth Maul? <laughs> what is the Phantom Menace? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I watched it with him and my wife, and they don't like it. They didn't like it at all, but I'm convinced that Steve's trolling me. <laughs> uh, he gave it a two out of five, which is outrageous. 
but uh, yeah, yeah. I, but I think he is honestly trolling me. I think he just <laughs> does things to get under my skin because he see knows that I'll see his star rating and lose my mind. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, let's just go back and forth. I apologize for the dogs just, in my neighborhood that are just going nuts. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear I can't, it. I can't hear them. I, yeah, I'm sure my mic's getting them. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll bounce back and forth. Um, I didn't mean to go directly to it, but we'll just do that along the way because no, there were lots I of things I was thinking that are... Yeah, there's a lot uh, that you can do that for. So I'll uh, bring them up as we go, I guess, and kind of bounce back and forth. One thing I will say... Uh, I type my notes on my phone while I'm watching movies and uh, at the top I put the title <laughs> so I was typing Valerian and it auto-corrected and I just left it because I thought it was funny instead of Valerian it corrected to Croatian <laughs> I was like oh that's a good one uh, so yes Croatian 2017 and Fifth Element 1997 we'll <clears throat> bounce back and forth but uh yeah it's gonna be hard i think talking about fifth element because we've already done this so if we rush through it it's because uh, we don't care about what each other's well, saying I, I, I have my notes <laughs> or whatever i will say uh the production design in the fifth element is fantastic uh like and i just i think it's kind of good that we're putting these together because I just feel the limitations that you see in the fifth element it's almost as if he can 20 years later do what he wanted to do like I feel like not that the story would necessarily change but I feel like when they're in that uh, train station or whatever where he's going to go up to space the airport like the airport thing that if this, if that movie was made now, there would be a ton more aliens in yeah. that scene. I, I think right? in general, just things be like that, more aliens in the movie. Because yeah, uh, you see, I think we counted. There's three, maybe four. You could count aliens, right? In uh, Fifth Element, but <clears throat> yeah, de- definitely. Like, it's one of those movies in late '90s. They're starting to use more CG and it's only used as a last resort and I appreciate that watching it now because like when there's the movies that are over ambitious and it's like eh, it wasn't quite there yet doesn't look as good plus when someone's almost forced to make a practical effect work and it works out really well I think that looks better whereas today it's just it's cheaper quicker whatever to do it on a computer uh, right. Sometimes yes, it, it can work out, but I feel like uh, the the eye knows what it's seeing is real or not. Uh, but yeah, Fifth Element is pretty not basic, but uh, like they don't stretch a lot with it. Like the designs of the different aliens, like there's the shapeshifter guys, and yeah. you see maybe one actual transition, and that's like right. a short. Uh, like digital effect and then other than that it's like guys in a suit 
and they don't have a yeah. ton of articulation. <laughs> Especially the guys at the beginning. Yeah, the those duck, <laughs> duck robots. Yeah, that it's a, they're very interesting. Like, again, yeah, again, both movies do this where they're just completely unique. A lot of the designs, like mm-hmm. those guys. It's like, yeah, what are they? Like, obviously, they're, they're suits. Like, you, that wouldn't be what they actually are. But even underneath, it's like you can barely imagine what they would look like. Right. It's kind of like um, Alien. Like, the original Alien, there's the space jockey that they find on the ship with the hole in yeah. the chest. Which, in Prometheus, they show it's just some white guy in a suit. But... <laughs> When you first see that, it's just like, what is that? Like, it's just like this weird elephant, Mm -hmm. almost person, like uh, exoskeleton, really like otherworldly. And yeah, I think that's kind of what you get from Fifth Element is uh, and Valerian. Just stuff that you haven't really seen before. Yeah. No, and... uh... I think, what did you think of the opening credits in Valerian? Um, I felt like it was uh, not unnecessary, but like, I don't feel like it really set the tone much. Like maybe it kind of oh, did. Really? Just it setting up. Just uh, part of it is it starts with Space Oddity, David Bowie. Right. And it's like okay (laughs) like anytime there's like some big song like that and they're doing kind of a montage of stuff happening it's like it could go either way it wasn't like it was bad but it was just like had me worried a little bit um but i thought it was it was good once it started going um for anyone i I absolutely love it that's one of my favorite (laughs) things in the whole movie Uh, it's, I don't know. It's, it's okay. Like it's, it's interesting seeing all the different races and I like how it's, uh, they build it off the international space station. And then that's how the, the city comes to be is just all these different races kind of meeting up and yeah, they go through that, like shaking hands, same scene over and over, but different races. It starts with all the different like earth nations and then you get weirder and weirder aliens showing up. Uh, kind of weird that no one's hostile, but <laughs> I guess it's not that kind of movie. <laughs> right. Uh, I kind of think that is interesting because we, you just assume yeah, that like in so many movies, aliens or whatever, there's at least one group that is hostile. So it, the fact that yeah. that's not really... A major thing, especially at the beginning, I think it's kind of cool. I just love I how it's all designed. I think it's good visual storytelling. Yeah. Where, like, you're showing the history of it, but it's not... That's one thing that our good friend Steve and my dear wife were complaining quite a bit about all the exposition in this movie. And then I'm like, well, that scene, I feel, is great exposition because you're just watching it happen. Yeah. And it's not someone sitting you down. But, no, they were complaining more when Valerian and... Uh, what's her name? Lorelai? What's her name? 
it's something like that, but I feel like every time I heard it, I'm like, wait, is it this? Is it that? So, Whatever. Let's see how it's written. Uh, Laura Line. Laura Line. Yeah. The girl. Uh, yeah. But when they're coming into the city... And then the computer is giving like a rundown of the place. It yeah. is, it is admittedly exposition city because a lot of that they would know. They give the excuse that they haven't been there in a while. Yeah, and they're asking so. for an update. And the only reason it doesn't fully work is because it's like, why would they need to know any of this stuff? Right. Like, uh, it kind of made me think of Zootopia. <laughs> <laughs> because right. Zootopia, it's like the city with all these different zones or whatever. It's like the jungle, the savanna, mm-hmm. like all this stuff. And they kind of go through the same thing with the Alpha. That's the name of the, right. the city. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, that scene. The, the one thing I appreciated about it, though, is it's like half an hour into it. Right. Like it doesn't, it's not the first thing like you get the uh building of it Mark. and then okay, yeah. it cuts to the other planet with the other race and then from there then it jumps to them they're on a ship and they're going to a even another planet and then after that they go to alpha so it takes a while right. to even get there and it, i also feel like it's not even the main point of the movie like that's just where it happens to take place like i guess there is kind of some significance to that but um yeah it's it's not like that's it right off the bat Mm -hmm. one of my criticisms would be the title that like it's a guys it's a cool sounding name like when i first heard it i didn't even know that that was the character's name yeah but the fact that it's like it really could be both their names, <laughs> yeah, and whatnot. Like it doesn't, and I think I prefer her to him <laughs> as a character. <laughs> so yeah, whatever. I uh, I don't mind him, and that was one worry that I had going into it was I heard that he is kind of flat, like yeah. non-character almost. But I think he's fine. I think she's fine too. I, um, I don't really know much of her. Like I haven't seen her in many other things I know of her. Um, I even looked up how to say her name <laughs> because I wanted to say it. Kara Delavine, but that's not how right. it looks. Yeah, I thought it was something else, but, uh, yeah, I think this is probably the most I'll ever like her. <laughs> Yeah, I just like when, uh, when she's actually like in their like body armor suit, yeah, and stuff. I think she looks cool, and like when she's talking talking to another duck weird <laughs> creature thing. Yeah. I guess Luke Besson has a thing for ducks or something. Uh, but those like birdie yeah. things, you know, the what long saying? mouth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just like her attitude where it wasn't like obnoxious girl power, but she was a good cop type of thing. Yeah. 
I don't think they ever go into that territory with her. Like no, and that's what makes a good yeah, character. That's what makes where it's just like when you don't yeah, address it, then it's even better. But when it's like, I can do this. No, you can't. You're a woman. Watch this, and then they right. See, just there's like, nothing. No, you don't like acknowledge that it. You just it's just be assumed. awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's just assumed that she's capable and we don't have to address it head on and you can be a little more subtle about it but yeah no it's i think uh i like it quite a bit if you don't help me find valerian then this bullet's gonna find you you're up first no 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 it's to avoid such situations but all of our information is divided three ways kill one of us and you kill the information what a pity that would be okay you're gonna have to give me credit though because i don't have much on me oh how tiresome if the commander were here he could use the converter to pay us but he's been abducted precisely because he had the converter on him uh, unless for security reasons someone else was carrying it on them how in space did you get that info it's not info. Just deduction. We know how humans work. Mm -hmm. They're all so predictable. Clearly, you've never met a woman. So there, th there's another tie-in. I think Lilu is another good, strong female character in Fifth Element. Right. Like, again, there's a guy-girl lead. Lots of movies do that. Uh, she's not in it as much, I guess. But she's kind of... She's the main part of the story. But... Strong female character. She doesn't let people tell her what to do kind of thing. She can hold her own for the most part. Uh, multi-pass. <laughs> yeah. Lilu Dallas multi-pass. Yeah. Multi-pass. Uh, you know this multi-pass. Lilu Dallas, my wife. We're newlyweds. Just met. You know how it is. Bump into each other. Sparks happen. Yeah, she knows it's a multi-pass. Yeah. She's got some good lines. <laughs> Uh, easy yeah, on the eyes. <laughs> that would be the first. That would be like her image. Spe both outfits, but specifically the first outfit, the weird white bikini thing. Not even yeah. like jumpsuit thing. With Thermal the bandages, hair. they call them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that would be like I, knowing that and what uh and the image of her like jumping off i think that's the blu-ray covers it's like the matrix almost <laughs> type of jumping across a street in the air yeah or whatever but yeah no she, she, i think she's good uh lilu uh i don't i wish her hair was completely dyed properly <laughs> I feel like there's roots involved. Uh, and, yeah. I think... I feel... I don't know. I feel the fifth element is more physical. Because it's obviously not as much computer graphics yeah. involved. So it just feels kind of more real. Uh, yeah. It, it keeps it grounded. It's on Earth that's for most yeah, of it. more tactile. Um, mm -hmm. Even though it's pretty different than, like, the way Earth is now. Like, it's uh, the year 2214 is when it, the, the bulk of it takes place. Um, which... I wrote down for Valerian the first year that they show with the space station is 2020. 
right kind of, I it hops forward like 30 years and then I don't, I don't know how far it is by the time the whole thing starts but um yeah so <clears throat> with fifth element yeah definitely um yeah it, it that's again why I like the lack of the CG because there was a scene in Valerian when he first like makes use of his body armor which you figure it's just kind of a suit but it's almost like a power suit like he right. starts running through walls and yeah. it just seems like nothing can stop him kind of thing uh, uh -huh. which I didn't care for that like there were some cool you things didn't care that, that, that could happen or how it looks I thought it looked too easy like almost like with um aquaman <laughs> same scene <laughs> happens in aquaman <laughs> i didn't even think of that but uh no like this this was more interesting than aquaman because you're going through all the different settings and everything and i actually cared right. about what was going on <laughs> but uh <laughs> i thought i made a note oh yeah so he says maybe the shortest way but it's not the easiest but, like, as he says that, I'm like, you make it look like it's pretty easy. You're just doing everything and, like, reacting, like, no time at all. He's shooting the gun to make the little platform things and jumping across them. It's like watching someone do a speed run of a video game. It's like you; those people have done it hundreds of times so they know what's coming. So that's what it looks like with him. And it's almost too effortless. I like it in that our heroes are actually capable so many movies it's just the hero only succeeds at the very end and is not like i like the beginning of return of the jedi when luke is kicking butt where yeah. he's confident and stuff but don't you get that feeling where like there's a lot of movies where the hero's constantly the underdog and it's just nice once in a while where uh, it's almost like Ocean's 11 or something where they're kind of on top the whole time and you just enjoy it and they have things figured out or even when you don't think it's figured out they 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 the characters actually do have it figured out I don't know I just I feel like that's a recent thing though with um like because movies were these like action heroes and they can do anything and they survive so i feel like there's that pendulum swing of like okay they're they become too unbeatable now we got to make them these like schlubby screw-ups but they make it work in the end kind of thing like that's more what you get now but then i think it's swinging back the other way where you have like this and john wick and like it's like, okay, now they're capable again, but are they getting too good? Now we're going to get movies right. where it's like the everyman. <laughs> right. I just like seeing your guy at his prime and like why we like that character. So yeah, be it, be it such film classics as Batman versus Superman when Batman actually 
does the best action fight that Batman's ever been in and takes out like 50 guys by himself. And it's just like, yeah, this is the best. But this is that is, his I don't prime? Want to... <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's how awesome he is. He's His prime uh, weighs 50. <laughs> and he's already, and he's still awesome. I, like, you look at the Christopher Nolan ones and obviously the first one, it's understandable, but he seems to be struggling all the time. And I understand, yeah, it's realistic or whatever, but once in a while, it's nice to have your guy. And it's, yeah, I, I think it's a cool vi- visual. Like, And see, that's something that you could have seen happening in some sort of uh, scenario in the fifth element. Some crazy scene. I guarantee he wished he could have done. And then it was just uh, budget constraints. Did we look up? How much the fifth element cost? Maybe. I don't know. I don't have it in my <laughs> no, notes. Just because like we were talking about Battlefield Earth, and that was like $73 million, Right. Right? Yeah. And then it's just like, and how they always say, like, put the money on the screen, and like 20 bucks is put on the screen for Battlefield Earth. And I feel... The fifth element succeeds because they stretch their money, right? There's a yeah. couple of cool set locations. The The production design, the guns are cool. The lady in blue is cool. Some of the uh, actual sets are interesting and whatnot. So they actually use it, whereas other movies, right? It's... It's really the director, I guess, to, to try to focus and whatever's on screen is going to look good compared to who cares what, I don't know, anything off camera <laughs> looks like. Yeah. Or if it's just schlubby sh- or whatever. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, and the, like the one thing I... Not that it bothers me, but like having seen it so many times when Lilu's escaping after being made, remade, she dives through the wall and it just looks like tinfoil. <laughs> like right. it, it kind of like bends back in and it's like, was it supposed to look like that? Or just that's just how it turned out and just roll with it. But like up until that point it's not like you thought oh man this set looks so cheap it's just like obviously having an actress or even the stunt person dive through a wall we're gonna make it so that the a human isn't gonna just like get crushed <laughs> like make it something breakable so like that's the one moment in it that it's like it looks a little cheap but everything else it's kind of like terminator like uh Terminator is a low budget film. Mm-hmm. Like people don't think of it that way because it made so much and did so well. And there are cool effects, but you hear a lot of the behind the scenes stuff and like how cheap they had to do things and like not getting permits for things and just like shooting things guerrilla style and like yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Like fifth element was, it wouldn't have been that, uh, low budget or it's not low budget at all but uh yeah just a good director knowing how to get away with things i think yeah 
I think so. Some of the things, yeah, like I feel these. I feel these movies, and more I think about them, are very similar. Similar, whereas I'm not in love with the idea that Lilu and Bruce Willis fall in love. Yeah. For, and I don't really. Uh, love the ending also I've, I feel like I enjoy the journey on both these movies more than the destination <laughs> where it's yeah. just like it's just like it's not uh, Star Wars or whatever where it's the big finale and this was so awesome and remember that it's all the stuff before it I like more uh, yeah well, yeah, last time you were saying, like, the last shot, like, the last three minutes could have been cut from the fifth element when they're yeah. showing them, like, in the tank thing together and they're making And it's interesting like, because that's how this one, they're, Valerian, ends <laughs> with them much. making out. Like, these movies are crazy similar. <laughs> and two, two other things uh, where... In uh, Fifth Element, the bad guys are just like these green monster type dudes or whatever. Uh, yeah. And then in Valerian, there's this whole scene. It's not like they're the main bad guys, but there's these like monstery type of aliens as well. And they're both like savages. Yeah. <laughs> and I like in both that. It's not, oh, we have to come to understand these creatures. It's like, no, they're monsters. Just kill them type of thing. And, like, the yeah. Valerian and Bruce Willis just slaughters both of them. And, like, they're just bad guy monsters, right? It's not, yeah like, some deeper meaning. It's good to have just plain old monsters once in a while. Yeah, and they're they're not animals they are like sentient beings so it's not right. just like yeah monster fight it's actual yeah villain and yeah the, in valerian they're not actually villains really but just one of the many adventures they get into it's like that's right. what i like about it is the main plot you pretty much know what's gonna happen Right. Like for the most part, there's From a little the bit, there's a little bit of a mystery because uh, there's like something attacks their planet, and then it's like you see the one alien die, and something happens. You don't really know exactly what happened there, but Clive Owen shows up, and you're like, "That's the bad guy." Obviously, that is yeah. the bad guy, and it's like I don't know if they're really trying to hide that. But you know the whole time that, like, he's... Do they capture him? Or what happens with him? I don't even remember. He's just... He's not in it for the majority of it. The, no, the white, skinny avatar... They take him Tall away. aliens. Yeah, they catch him. They kidnap him. With yeah. all that... They have those awesome goo ooze guns that freeze yeah, everyone. Yeah, I like that. Like, that's uh, an awesome thing that you haven't really seen before yeah and just that like, down their goo guns are so different and you unique i like them yeah They're, and i like the like crazy amount of times they fire 
because it's not they're not killing anyone, but you need yeah. to cover people up. So yeah. I could see it seems like something almost out of a video game where you would just be yeah. pulling the trigger and going crazy on to uh, just like, yeah, there's no need to hold back. Just cope yeah. the place with this stuff. Non-legal. So even that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, you, I think people will we'll get into it one day, but Mission Impossible 3 gets a bad rap. Isn't it in Mission Impossible 3 where you think, oh, this is going to be obviously the bad guy that's like betraying them, but it turns out that it's not? Um, like they do the like obvious switcheroo where it's like they're playing on the cliche and they're actually kind of fighting against it. I kind of. I know there's... Um Billy Crudup and that he's he plays a guy. I think he is the betrayer, but you don't really see it coming. You think it's like what's his name? Uh Lawrence Fishburne being right. like the director guy, and it's like, oh, he's he's he seems like he's shady, but then it turns out to be the other guy, I think. I, I yeah. always forget when I'm watching it, like once you're in it, it's like that guy's not a bad guy. <laughs> like right. yeah, that that does it pretty well. But, uh, yeah, in this, I don't think it matters that you know he's... And it's, I don't even think he's really the bad guy. It's just, like, they have a beef with him kind of thing. And he he did something bad. And at the end, he kind of takes ownership of it. Like, he doesn't care. So, I guess, in that yeah. way, he's a villain. Feel- but it's not like he's working against them the whole movie kind of thing. No, and I feel that it's kind of Star Trek 2, not Wrath of Khan, but Star Trek J.J. Abrams 2, Into Darkness, where it's, uh, I don't really like villains that are, like, part of the good guys, and then it's always, like, an admiral or something, and then they, like, all of a sudden just lose their minds. (laughs) you know what i mean where it's just like you were so good you were did all these good missions you were on the good team and then all of a sudden you're just losing your mind got band of brothers behind me you think winters is just losing his mind (laughs) all of a sudden and gonna turn into a nazi (laughs) or like it's just i don't feel like it's fine for these kinds of movies yeah but the passion of like, I don't even remember. Is he? I feel like it's just him being backed into a corner. Right, but it's a defense mechanism. Yeah, yeah. What What did you think of the white aliens? So, I wasn't. I didn't even think that they were going to be in it much. I thought maybe it was just going to be that beginning scene, and it was setting something else up. But uh, my note on them was this race slash planet is more rich with culture and information than the Navi slash Pandora in Avatar in just a few short minutes. I feel like it does a better job of that whole movie being this peaceful, bluish, tall, attractive race. And there's something like cool and unique with their pearls and like 
there are cultures like saying good morning, like their special way or not even just good morning, but hello. And their skin changes a little. And I don't know. It was just like it, it was so thought out. And it, it, to me, it was just like, this is like a, I don't know, 10 minute scene that seemed, and that's all that mm-hmm. it was going to be. They show up later and you don't even really see much more of them other than like with the action and stuff. But just that, opening i was like yeah no i'm sold that this is a real race like in a real yeah. planet it was convincing like it was really well done there are the ultimate what's the word androgynous race <laughs> sure <laughs> but i i actually uh like that in that like they're an alien so like the chief has like a feminine voice almost Yeah. I'd like you to meet my father, the Emperor. My name is Havan Limai, and this is my wife, Aloy. Meloine, we're pleased to welcome you here. And it's just like, yeah, it's just a little twist. When you said it seems thought out, I feel like this whole movie, things are thought out, right? (laughs) Where it's just like, the designs and the practicality of things and it's not this dreary uh blade runner universe same with fifth element but it is a lived in non-star trek universe yeah where like everything's not perfectly clean and uh sterile and i think yeah fifth element you see that all over the place i love the marketplace scene in Valerian. Yeah. Like, I think that's a creative idea and the transporting of items. Okay. Yeah. But I could see that could be a problem, but I could see a marketplace idea happening in our lifetime with like virtual reality. You can walk through a mall. So I can walk through the mall of America or go shopping in Paris from my own home yeah and then you could because people just like that experience get something buy something and then it just gets shipped to you or something <laughs> like yeah. you could see that marketplace yeah, I, I, that scene is really cool work and a d- definitely a unique concept because just yeah the dimension thing like there's been some of that before but like uh i think with the how it's like a physical place that you go to but you can't see it you have to put on this stuff and to interact and see it and how you have like a guide like it really felt like a real tourist place like that you would go to um and they're like mm-hmm. i don't know just kind of taking a group around or whatever but then just with the actual plot working into it it worked too. It wasn't, it, it didn't feel too gimmicky. Like it was just a unique way to do a scene that has probably been done before, but like, yeah, with the floating arm, like that's, I've never seen anything like that. Like that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a, and again, I uh, it's uh, not that they have no trouble 
but I just do like that they are like two cops or whatever you agents and they are good at their jobs and actually succeed and uh, aren't just bumbling into things. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's a good scene. Another compare and contrast, uh, the Chris Tucker stuff in Fifth yeah. Element. We discussed this before, but we should make the point that I did not despise him. I think he's pretty good. Uh, he's a weirdo character. I don't think he's uh, like too overused because, uh, like, I could see how some people could hate him from the beginning, but you just accept like he's this type of character and whatnot. But the one thing, the compare and contrast, both these movies have. Fifth Element has this weird, uh, what do you call it, when they're the blast off the lift off rocket sex scene with <laughs> yeah. Chris Tucker and the uh, flight attendant, and then the yeah. whole Rihanna thing, striptease in Valerian, and it's just like both movies almost pause for this weird, non needed. Like, it's not that it's, like, completely out there and makes no sense, but it's, like, you could easily see both those things being cut and pretty much nothing happens to the story or the flow of the movie. See, the the comparison that I was going to make with that scene is both of these movies have a diva character that shows up to provide a service and then dies <laughs> right there's the singer and they call her the diva in the fifth element she has the stones inside her that's the whole purpose is that she's going to give them and the she's stones blue actually yeah and they're both blue <laughs> and then yeah she she dies rihanna anyone hasn't seen it spoiler she's like a kind of shape-shifting alien and uh yeah, she serves her purpose and then just ends up dying in the next scene. And it's right. kind of weird. But, uh, yeah, the striptease thing, that made me more think of the opera. Because it's like, right. yeah, you get that's what it is. It's like a brothel. But I don't feel like they ever get too strip stripping-ish with it. Like, she goes through all the different characters she could be and and, like, those fantasies or whatever. But never actually, like... Uh, there's no actual stripping going on. It's just like a di- it's more of a dance number, right? Yeah, I just uh, it does feel like I just think of like all that work, all the costume changes yeah. and stuff. Like it's not like like that. And I actually like the music in that scene. <laughs> does seem like a lot of work for what purpose and this character is just going to die 10 minutes later yeah and we can't care right i, like, I feel like they still do a good job with that like i did care enough about the I character i don't want her to die yeah but i'm still fairly indifferent 
Uh, but it's just like in, in other director's hands or whatnot. But like, I just think of the namesake of the podcast, Line of Sight, <laughs> right? Independence Day. It's just like Jasmine, it's stripper, and you get, I don't know, 10 seconds, right? Where this is like yeah. extended for like yeah. no purpose at all but to titillate the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was weird though, because yeah, even though it is brief that she's in it i thought either she was just going to be this one scene because what i knew of the movie was rihanna's in it but like in the first thing that you see her in with the like short like 1920s flapper get up kind of thing so i thought like okay they've cast her because maybe she is going to sing a song or something. So I was thinking right. like it was going to be more like the diva, but there's that whole scene. And then there's like the action with her. So like there was, there was right. more with her than I was even expecting, but right. still and it's interesting brief. because then she's in her alien form. Yeah. So then it's just her voice. Yeah. You don't even really see, you see her maybe one other time, like when she right. dies, I think she, goes back to that actually one thing okay so this this leads into uh what we've already talked about with uh fifth element the romance isn't fully there like i it's easy to not buy that bruce willis actually loves her like they just met in this i feel like the romance isn't there at all because it starts and it really just seems like Valerian is trying to get into Loreline's pants. Like that's all that it is. And that's how it's kind of played off. Like, Oh, you have this playlist of girls or whatever. And, uh, and it's just like, okay, yeah, that's the character. That's him. He's just kind of doing that. And he says, no, you're my partner. I care about you a lot, but it just seems very, disingenuous but they keep it up through the whole movie and Mm -hmm. like even at one point he proposes to her and it's just like you're just doing anything that you can to get into her pants and then at the end he brings it up again and it's just like i don't believe you (laughs) like how are you falling for this like sergeant (laughs) you shouldn't be like it's (laughs) that is the thing i don't believe him yeah, and I think it would it would be a better movie for it being more cliche. Don't have that happen at the beginning. Have them with their banter all throughout and then give it the fifth element ending where they are making out. But don't make it like, will you marry me? Like, I don't believe that at all. And it's not funny. It's not being played for laughs or anything. But... Uh, yeah, like I feel like they should have done it more subtle or, like I said, more cliche. And the reason I th- thought of this now is um, Rihanna does her thing. She kind of reads his mind and then shapeshifts uh-huh. into her, into Kara, Kara's character. And that should be the moment that it's revealed to the audience that he actually has feelings for her. But it's played like more than halfway into the movie and it's like he's been kind of pursuing her for 
the whole movie already, so it's not like a surprise that, oh, he, she changed into her. That should have been like uh, a reveal to the audience. Like, he hasn't mm-hmm. really, I don't know, showed any emotion towards it, but then that reveals something and it's like he's uh, embarrassed by it or whatever. So that's that's a note for you, Luke. I think you could have uh, improved it by uh, tweaking their relationship a bit and you could have done it that way. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, the Valerian, I love the production value again and just back to that marketplace, the editing I think is excellent to show you what is going on visually and your understanding who's seeing what and who's invisible to who yeah and i think uh visual storytelling is very good yeah in that they uh yeah it's just it could be a very confusing thing because like to someone listening right now if i try to explain it i don't even know if i can do a good job right here goes uh so we kind of already mentioned it so there's this they call it Big market. Big market is uh, on this planet. You go in, put on this helmet and gloves, and then you can see a world that isn't there if you're just looking in real life. But somehow they, (laughs) this is where I, I don't know how I can translate it. They make Valerian invisible by, he can transport his body certain parts of his body through this box so yeah like i don't even know how to describe it but watching it i know what's going on he's there but they can't see him and even in the other dimension they can't see him it's all it's almost like there's three layers to it like I, i don't really know how to yeah it's it's bizarre but like so unique and different and uh yeah like you said you can you can follow it i found the editing in general i was thinking of you and your love of mad max (laughs) and (laughs) following action there was lots of times where i was noting the position of my eyes like (laughs) all the action is happening in the middle of the screen and even though there's these quick jumps i'm looking in the same place yeah, you don't get wheezy watching it. Yeah. And it's not like it's like some crazy action, but it's good standard blockbuster action and you get you know what's going on. That I think that's the qualifier for just that you know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Where uh the some of the worst and it's not shaky cam. Shaky cam's an easy target, and I agree. I don't like shaky cam most of the time. But think of the editing of the uh, Mace Windu Emperor fight, Revenge of the Sith. Some of the worst editing, because, yeah, they're handcuffed with, because you have an old man fighting, <laughs> so you got to work around it. But it's so bad. Yeah. People are just getting stabbed, and nothing's getting blocked and it makes no sense it you can yeah. you just feel how horrible that is compared to other movies where uh it's a, i always love the long take fight where it's pulled back like 
Matrix slash John Wick, where you get you can see that they actually know how to fight, but you yeah. don't even necessarily have to do that. Like I think uh, the newer James Bonds, even uh, the newer Mission Impossibles, they have great action with editing within there. But you know what's going on. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like when you don't know what's going on or what's going on makes no sense. And the editing is the cheat where it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. That didn't happen like that. Yeah. yeah. My go to for a bad example is Transformers. Yeah. It's just a mess. And I don't even know which one specifically. I feel like I mentioned this before, how we ran into each other the second one and I came out of that right. one thinking I could tell what was going on more than I could in the first one so that was like the best right. thing I could say about it, it was like right. I could tell that that robot was fighting that one right <laughs> and what more do I have to ask for from Michael Bay <laughs> yeah what an accomplishment <laughs> I like when she and Valerian when they get off in the uh marketplace planet and she does her little like uh yeah like a little uh, jeep like i dreamed a genie kind of yeah plot, uh, thing and i don't know there's stuff like that other production design stuff that i love uh, i like their outfits the, there too and they're saying they're supposed to look like tourists right i like the way they both look yeah uh and even the other guys like yeah on that the bus is cool I don't yeah. believe that a yellow school bus would exist then, but I like that it's like converted into this like floating thing. Mm-hmm. Cause even before you see it, you see them sitting inside. I'm like, looks like they're on a school bus. And then it next right. shot there <laughs> shows it. I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, there's lots of cool production. That one part, that whole planet for big market. My complaint with that is when they're outside, it just, it looks like green screen. And it obviously is the, like they could have shot it at like the, the salt flats or <laughs> like where everything right. gets shot. Like just shoot it outside. Like, yeah, you're, you want it to look like an alien planet. So you got these like super blue skies and it's just like a flat desert, but it's like, you couldn't have shot it in a real location. Like it, that I feel like now that it looks bad, it's obvious that it is mm-hmm. a green soundstage. Because there's lots of, like, any big budget action movie does that these days. Like, Marvel, that's almost all of their (laughs) big scenes. But they don't look like it. Like, they feel like they're actually in New York. But really, they're on, like, this set of a bridge. And then all around them is green. Yeah, I feel like movies are getting better and better. Not that they're perfect by any stretch. But they know just what to make practical yeah right so like you look at the behind the scenes stuff on avengers and a lot of these it's like there is a lot of practical around there but the very backgrounds it's always a big giant green screen yeah and it's like and it's not episode two green screen it actually looks good that made me want to go back uh to discussion not that we had this one before but it was uh what were you talking about just in oh just in the fifth element how they hold back instead of like trying to attempt something with cg that they can't yet make yeah 
And it's, I find it interesting because do we need movies to kind of fail for us just in that, like building a better car or whatever. And I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about Tron legacy and how there's like a young Jeff Bridges in it. Yeah. And then now, and then in civil war, Robert Downey Jr. And then they did it with a bunch of different characters and it's looking better and better. And then they also did it with not even, they did it in rogue one completely just recreating people and, but using a variety of techniques, but I'm of two minds because at first it's like, yeah, that doesn't look perfect. I can tell that's not real. But at the same time, do we need them to spend a hundred million dollars on this? So in ten years from now, <laughs> it'll be that much better. Because if no one kind of tries and fails, it's never going to improve. Or who who are they going? Where are these projects going to come from? With where they just do it and put it on the shelf and don't show it to anyone and don't put it in a show because they're embarrassed that it's not perfect yet, right? I feel like that could happen. It depends on how far they take it, though. Like, right. I think they didn't have any other way to do it for Tron Legacy. Like, you can't make someone look that much younger with makeup. So it's right. like, we're in a digital world anyways. Just make him a digital character. And, mm-hmm. yeah, that one, I feel like it's 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 when they were getting there, but it's like, no, it, it, it kind of looks like him, but it's that like, uh, people always reference the uncanny Valley. It's like, you're looking at it, mm-hmm. you know, that's not a person. Like there's, there's right. dead eyes, like a thousand eyes, <laughs> <laughs> but there are other, yeah. Like you, you already said it like the, some of the Marvel ones I think are the best ones. The best one to me is, in the cinematic masterpiece Ant-Man and young Michael Douglas at the beginning, it just looks like Michael Douglas. Like there's, you don't even think about it. It's like, he is way older than that right now. Like it just looks like him because I think it's partly, yeah, obviously technology, but there's like the deep fake stuff. They can just take archive footage from an actor who was around 30 years ago and mm-hmm. and like even the Robert Downey Jr. I don't think that one looks as good because he looks really young but uh, still like you know what Robert Downey Jr. looked like when he was younger so they can do a pretty good job of making him look young whereas I think anyone like if they were new on the scene <laughs> this year to make them look young it's like ah just cast someone as a young version of them (laughs) yeah no i just it's and i don't feel that maybe it's a weird thing to say that doesn't make any sense but i don't even feel like it's luke Besson's job to advance technology (laughs) right i'm sure he has maybe he's done something to Oh, I'm sure he has. And I feel like the production design, he feels like more of a Guillermo del Toro type guy. Yeah. Where he's like very interested in the look of these creatures and all that stuff. It's just you need to spend your 
whatever, $10 million on Civil War to make Samuel Jackson and Captain Marvel look like that. Yeah. Or we're going to do Actually, a full movie. That one, yeah. That they used the most and pretty flawless right. in that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like, you, if you don't have this chunk of money to throw at it, it's never going to improve. Yeah. Um, and you, yeah, learn. Yeah. It's just interesting. And I just think that this is a great improvement. Like, I feel like Luke Besson gets to do what he wants to do. Yeah. In Valerian. Yeah, like we said at the beginning, it seems like Fifth Element, there are things he probably wanted to do and couldn't, but made more than made do with what he had and Mm -hmm. probably would have done something crazier like this uh, had he had the tools. That Just because you brought him up, I wanted to ask, have you seen Pacific Rim? The first one, yeah. Okay. What do you think of that? I I I I think it's right in line with these. That, yeah, that that's I why I like ask. it a lot. <laughs> but then it's not perfect, and it gets into a little schmaltzy, a little too melodramatic. I've only seen it once or twice, but I would like to rewatch it. Like the whole idea of it. That's the thing. I don't know if I have a power that other people don't have. But I think you have this power too, and one day you'll learn to use it. Don't lump me in with you. (laughs) No, but the power of understanding what the director is going for. Yeah. We have a giant alien, like in Pacific Rim, you have giant water alien creatures, Godzilla things, and we're the best way to fight them is giant action figures like it makes no sense (laughs) but you just accept that that's the premise and go with it right where i feel people put like schindler's list seriousness on those types of movies and then other types of things where it's like, oh, it's just a joke. It's don't, why do you take things so seriously? And it's just like, yeah, because the movie's taking it seriously. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't know. Yeah, I love. Pacific I feel Rim. like I get. I I think I am pretty good at getting vibes off directors' tones. <laughs> yeah, and when they co- conflict, like the prequels, there's a lot of. Conf- conflicting tone going on there where one of the best examples is Revenge of the Sith again where we're beheading people we're beheading (laughs) Count Dooku in a pretty brutal scene for Star Wars and then we're making jokes about the elevator and R2-D2 is doing like slapstick comedy with the droids and so it's like yeah it makes no sense this movie there's serious stuff in it, both movies. People are dying, there's, but there's always like a tone of comedy. Like we were, we didn't praise him enough, but Gary Oldman, yeah, right when he kills all those guys that threaten him, right? Yeah, like there's a comedic flair there, 
where you don't you don't look at him like some psychopathic yeah, murdering <laughs> but not in the same but way like in a lovable you would way. in like a serial killer <laughs> police drama yeah right like it's just like oh yeah like yeah, yeah, we're doing a bad job because we've already talked about all this stuff, but no one's heard it. But yeah, right. Gary Oldman in The Fifth Element as Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg. is amazing. Like, yeah, it, it shows his range. Like, yeah. he does that, and then Winston Churchill. <laughs> right, and you pointed out last time, uh, true romance true romance <laughs> and I just made Sam watch this scene with uh, the bad guy from Speed and Christopher Walken yeah Dennis Hopper <laughs> and it's just like just not that she's seen a ton of them but it's like just think that this is Quentin Tarantino writing this mm-hmm. and watch this scene and it is amazing the Sicilian uh, history lesson and it's just <laughs> the, the like it's so brutal and fantastic but yeah that's off topic <laughs> but uh Gary Oldman yeah he is a he's a transformer yeah and yeah he's one of those villains and he's not even technically the main villain uh but you like him like mm-hmm. he's he's definitely a bad guy, but he's likable. Um, that's one of I don't know if I'd call it my favorite scene, but like when he's doing the whole thing with the gun. Mm-hmm. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Your time for revenge is at hand. Voila, the ZF one. Slide. Handles adjustable for easy carrying. Good for riders and lefties. Breaks down on four parts. Undetectable by x-ray. Ideal for quick, discreet interventions. A word on firepower. Titanium recharger. 3,000 round flip with bursts of 3 to 300. With the replay button, another Zorg invention, it's even easier. One shot. Replay sends every following shot to the same location. Finish the job. All the Zorgodies but Goaties. Rocket launcher. Arrow launcher. That just like his presentation. I love his accent. He's just like naming them all off. Flamethrower. My favorite. (laughs) He's just got this little like flair to him. And yeah, he's he's fun to watch. It's not a huge cast in in that movie, actually. There's just, like, only a few people, but they're all awesome, I think. Yeah. All the main guys. No, he is. I would say he's by far... Okay, here's a hot take. We didn't really get into this. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And it's Fifth Element-centric. How big of a Bruce Willis fan are you? I am very lukewarm on Bruce Willis. In general, like I don't dislike him. There's lots of movies, like the M Night Shyamalan movie season. Mm-hmm. I don't mind. Die Hard, the first three, I'm on board. But like, 
I don't love him by any stretch where it's like nowadays I'm interested in Mel Gibson and uh, Stallone still and even a little bit Schwarzenegger and whatnot but it's like Bruce Willis whatever <laughs> I don't know yeah like in terms of the movies he is doing or was doing I don't know if he's you can tell that like his energy is just dropped like after I did a see point. death proof or death wish whatever it's called yeah I think last year I didn't see that I I don't know what the most recent Bruce Willis thing I've seen is I enjoyed red but like even that I feel like it was him kind of doing his like grumpy modern Bruce Willis like yeah they're all all his roles are the same I saw um G.I. Joe retaliation I think it was called I saw that and it's just like once he is just like phoning it in but like I still think him phoning it in is better than some people trying their hardest (laughs) right (laughs) but because he does have a natural charm to him so to answer your question, I am a fan of Bruce Willis, but recent Bruce Willis movies I haven't really been excited for. Like, I'm trying to think what's what would count. Like, I liked Looper, but you know, just him being grumpy old man Bruce Willis. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, Die Hard, this... I feel like when we were talking about Armageddon, I was saying that that was he, he was still in his like not phoning it in phase. You said it was yeah. probably like right when he was losing his will. <laughs> but well, I hate his character in Di- or in Armageddon. He's still got some some uh, skipping his step in that one. I I feel like so. Uh, yeah, like nineties nineties Bruce Willis is still good. And uh, anything after 2000, I think, is probably not great. But, like, he shows up in things and it's like, oh, hey, Bruce Willis is in Moonrise Kingdom and is not like himself at all. But he's great. He's good in it. Like, uh, so, I don't know. There's probably a few actors like that. And, like, even you just mentioning Stallone, has he ever deviated from his, like... This is what I do. I'm Rocky. I'm Mr. Whatever action star. Like, it's he's always the same guy. <laughs> like, I, I feel Rocky and Rambo. They are different are characters, but like. Distinct characters. But still, I guess either of those two, if you think Stallone, you could go to one of them first. But I've seen the first or it's not even Rambo. It's just first blood and I don't care to watch the rest. I like, I like the the first one, but I don't want to get into the other stuff. No, you got to watch the latest one was a disappointment, but the one like 10 years ago, just called Rambo. Yeah, that's good. That is genuinely like bloodbath, (laughs) crazy violence. He's got a 50 cal and he's just going to town. And it's great. 
Uh, I would prefer, like, even with those two roles, I prefer Bruce Willis over Stallone. No way. Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, it's good to disagree, because now, yeah, let's have a, we'll put a poll out, Stallone versus Bruce Willis. (laughs) But we gotta do our Stallone versus Schwarzenegger episode. (laughs) I know, but with that episode... I want to do it. I want to like do it thoroughly, and like rewatch uh, Total Recall, and like not just have this stuff in my memory, just yeah. like, and actually go through all this stuff. But yeah, uh, back to the movie Valerian, the robot black cop soldier things. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's one cool. of my favorite looking things in the entire movie. They make me think. They sort of make me think of um, the um, what do they call them? The dr- not drones. Cardassians in Deep Space Nine. No, uh, in Iron Man Two, the hammeroids. <laughs> Justin Hammer's uh, unmanned uh, Iron Man suits that. Whiplash helps them with. They make me yeah. think of those robots. I, the and talking about influences, uh, I like uh, or heroes suits. They're big armor suits, but like I specifically, they're crazy thick collar. Yeah, <laughs> I just love that. I love in Man of Steel where Zod. <laughs> Has that his group of guys? I love the production design on his costume as well. Where it's just like, yeah, it just looks crazy durable. Kind of like that in uh, Prometheus too. Yep. I like when there's lights inside a spacesuit like that because Valerian has that. They have like kind of yellow lights on the the rim. And I feel like Prometheus does that too. Yeah, it's a, it's a good look. Um, I think all, well, maybe not all, but <clears throat> of the main characters in The Fifth Element, I said this last time, their costumes are very iconic. Mm-hmm. Lilu has two different ones. There's the thermal bandages we're talking about, and then later she changes into like the orange suspender thing. Uh, and then... Uh, Corbin Dallas has a couple different looks that like if I were to see anyone at like a comic con I'd know who they were trying to be with with those like he's got like a cool kind of vest thing at one point when they're getting on the plane Uh, and then like his orange wife beater is kind of like spacey it's got like a weird thing going on at the back with like a hole where there has no reason to be a hole there, but makes it look futuristic. Um, yeah, and I mean, Zorg is unique looking too. Uh, and I don't think he looks too goofy. Like, it is kind of flamboyant, but it doesn't take away from him. Not that he's intimidating, but like... You can tell he's a powerful man and like even the plastic thing on his head and how his like henchmen kind of have that too, but they have like a full dome. I like how 
they have that where it's like they're copying him almost like <laughs> maybe it's yeah. a uniform who knows but like i like that uh <laughs> it's different yeah no it's good i like them both i i one complaint for valerian i think it's overly long it could have wrapped up when they when he rescues her and bubbles dies and then it's like okay we're going to the center of the uh city alpha and the sensors aren't working and all this stuff it's like it's a real drawn out thing there where everything's explained but you kind of already know yeah it's our characters are finding out but we kind of already know so it's just drawn out and there's this action sequence that is fine but it's just it's too bad because there's set pieces where they're all memorable be it the chase like just the actual spaceship chase or him running through the thing or the marketplace or other stuff and then all of a sudden like this weird we're having a gunfight in this weird bunker it's like eh, not very interesting or memorable yeah and a little too drawn out yeah and by that point uh because i was watching it pretty late i was like fighting to stay awake and just the fact that it was kind of drawn out for like you said we already kind of know what's gonna happen there is a little bit of a reveal then um of like because at the beginning you think just someone attacked the planet so you kind of right. think it's to do with that so there's a reveal of what actually happened with that battle and that's good but then yeah the rest of it it's just like okay just get to it you're gonna have your big battle resolution thing and nothing matters in the fight like you're there's no i don't know feels like there's no real stakes and Mm -hmm. like even the stuff he does like he's taking these robots out that look so cool and they're huge and he has like a pistol and it's, it seems like he's oh, yeah. taking them out with one shot, and they have like these rifles, and it's like, and he's like hiding behind one of them that he like takes right. its head off, but then can use its body as cover. So, which is it? Are they easy to destroy, or are they like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> impenetrable because you're using it as your cover? <laughs> yeah, and it's also it's the very convenient thing of like, ah. Uh, we don't have to fight our own guys. Yeah. Right? It's just like, they're just robots. It's just, it's just very convenient. Yeah. And it's set up really early on where he tells them to wait there and they're just kind of like ominously standing around for all of it. And it's like, well, obviously yeah. they're going to turn bad or whatever's going to happen. You yeah. know, something I feel like, like that's going to happen. I would have been satisfied because it's not that great of an action sequence when like all the white aliens come out on like a whole line and they have their little speech or whatever i feel like they could if they just did that and like conflict avoided yeah (laughs) like crisis averted it would have been fine you could have just it's almost like oh we need 
It's almost the Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. We've got to have a Braveheart battle at the end. Not that this is a Braveheart battle, but it's just like we need an action sequence. It's like we've already spent all our action sequence brain power and the rest of the movie. We got to just go with like have a different ending or whatever. Yeah. I think, yeah, if this movie was trimmed a little, uh, maybe a little bit better characters. I read somewhere, I don't know if it's true, that uh, Chris Pratt and Hunger Games Girl were maybe going to be the leads. I'd, I think that'd be quite a bit of a different movie with Chris Pratt doing his type of jokes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it would make it I don't think it would make it worse. They weren't thinking of the movie Passengers? <laughs> well, I think... Or maybe I just read that that's, they should have used them instead. Or that they signed on to Passengers yeah. instead. Whatever. I think they're both okay. Like, I I don't dislike either of them. Um, I, I feel like they're too young, if anything. Well, that's one thing. They do feel... That's one criticism that I it was labeled. I was trying to defend this movie the whole time I was watching it against with Steve. He was saying he, he doesn't like the guy that much. He sounds too much like Keanu Reeves. Yeah, for stuff. sure. And it's <laughs> he like does a Keanu yeah, voice. That's fine. They are young, but at the same time, I would complain if they were in my universe and they were too young. But if it's like, if this is what yeah, they do, who knows, and how old are they? Yeah, and like, you don't like, know. Like, are they 20 years old? I don't know. They look don't. like they could be anywhere in their 20s. Like, yeah. if you told me they're 29 or 21, I'd believe it. I don't know. Uh, but I agree. But then it's like, okay, there, it's this crazy space universe sci-fi thing where whatever. Whoa, okay, just for uh, real contrast. How old do you think Bruce Willis was when he did Fifth Element? 39. He was 42. Okay. And then, (laughs) so then the main guy in this... Dane, Dehan, Dehan. <laughs> Let's see. This is 2017. How old is he? Come on. <laughs> loading, loading. Oh, same age as us. So he's like, so he was 31. So. It's only that's not a huge difference. Like I mean, ten years, but like he's in his thirties when he did yeah that. So it's not like he's that young. And then let's see what was yeah. She? So see, that's the thing. He just looks young. Yeah, I yeah him I and she I, I don't really have too. a problem. I think she's younger. Let's see. Uh, yeah. She's like six years younger, but that's, that's Hollywood, baby. <laughs> I, uh, 
yeah, I don't have much experience with her. Like I've seen Suicide Squad. She's the bad guy in that. And I've seen like previews for other things she's in. She's in a new show with Orlando Bloom. Um, have we had this discussion before? People who are like not objectively attractive. Right. Like, like she, I think, has a weird face. Uh, yes. And watching this movie, I think, <laughs> and this is uh, mid thirties overweight guy <laughs> talking here, <laughs> that, saying, I feel like she has like a fish face, like the way her upper lip is. She's yeah, like a, a wide mouth bass, uh, or. Oh no! I was gonna say or an Ugnot from Star Wars, but no, it's not an Ugnot. It's uh, it's the pig face people from Twilight Zone. They got their mouth like the way their upper lip goes is kind of what she has going on, and yet she's an attractive person. So it's like I'm not bashing her or anything. It's just it's weird when you have someone where it's like, well, obviously you can say that person's good looking, but when you still look like a big face Twilight Zone character uh, and you still are good looking I think that's more of an accomplishment yeah it's a weird thing I, yeah she's not ugly by any stretch but there is like I feel there's this realm of unless you're like got issues there's a lot of people like especially teenagers like 18 to 28 if you are a fit person you're probably on the attractive side <laughs> of life like that's the thing like it's just like she's also like skinny good body all the stuff like it's just like yeah but if she had like 40 pounds on her i don't know <laughs> Uh, I not about the pounds, but just being that age and in shape. There's a lot of people out there I don't think are attractive that uh, would fall into that description. <laughs> uh, actually, I think, well, it's your prime time. Yeah, I mean, what excuse do you have? If you're young, you better look good. <laughs> Um, but like, okay, Adele just lost a bunch of weight. Yeah. Right. But like, but even when she was bigger, you could see that she's like, has an attractive face and now she's even more attractive. I think where there's other people where it's like, if you gain any weight, see ya <laughs> like it's it's not uh you can't like and even and like for, for a guy's example like what's his name uh jonah hill he can be as fit as he can be but he's not a good looking guy <laughs> right yeah so i don't know what you're saying because you were just saying that someone could be i'm not I'm saying it's not a hard and fast rule <laughs> But I'm saying uh, there's examples on both sides. <laughs> but I think... I think Adele was more attractive when she had the weight on her, to be honest. 
Well, yeah, I guess I'm just fat shaming. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mila Jovovich was only 22 in The Fifth Element. So considerably younger than Bruce Willis. <laughs> right. Um, okay, let me look at these notes because I'm sure we've blasted over them. Um, another thing about her being a strong female role model, this is a very big thing today, is talking about consent and teaching young people, and specifically women, uh, that, well, not just teaching women, but Lilu says never without my permission and holds a gun to Corbin's head when he kisses her without asking. And I think that teaches girls a good lesson. And this was 20 years ago and Luke Besson knew what was up and he, he knew he had to get that message out there. And now this is what I bring up because I haven't researched it since last time that I swear that he got in trouble for something too, <laughs> but I don't know that. <laughs> So we'll just leave that out there. <laughs> yes. Uh, maybe that was him confessing in some weird way. Uh, other thing I want to mention. I love the Asian guy. <laughs> Fifth element. With the boat. Serving him lunch. Oh yeah. He is the best. Uh, lots of great lines from him. And... I uh, used to have him saying, you got a message as my MSN messenger alert sound. And uh, I quote him every now and then, <laughs> or at least in my mind. I love how he says, you are fired. <laughs> it's just a great character. Oh, see good and bad. Good philosophy. <laughs> Just a stereotypical... Actually, and he doesn't feel stereotypical. Like, he just is just being that character. Like, right. he seems very real and then, like, again, kind of grounds it. Like, you can see that guy just being some, like, Chinese food restaurant guy. But then in this world, he's got this flying boat thing. And uh, it's cool. It's just a really cool visual. I remember that one from the trailer, actually. Um it's funny, when I went to start editing that episode <laughs> before I got too far and realized it, it didn't have anything I could edit, um, I was looking for clips, and they're so hard to find for this movie, and I don't have my Windows desktop set up, otherwise I'd just get it off my DVD. But, uh, yeah, there's like I couldn't find the original trailer for this. Or anything on YouTube that says it is, it's like this is not what I remember. Like these are these are not the original theatrical trailers because mm -hmm. there's certain parts I remember seeing him in the boat flying away. I remember them saying we're sending someone in to negotiate, and then he goes in and shoots. And like there's just all these things. I'm pretty sure you even hear the professor at the beginning say a thief element like he says the title and it's showing the beginning little things like that and i couldn't find that trailer anywhere so it's kind of mm. weird um, weird unless there were like tv spots and 
they're, I don't know, harder to find. But yeah, stuff like that. Like anything I saw, it was just, it was almost like a music video. There was no actual clips, it, uh, like sound bites. It was just showing a bunch of stuff with all this cool action music playing that's not actually in the movie. So kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is weird. I do like looking at old trailers. There's always my go-to is the Jurassic Park trailer where she grabs a plant. Yeah. And then that's not in the movie. Yeah. Makes me sad. I want more footage. Yeah. Uh, uh I lo- another, pr- oh, go ahead. <laughs> Cause I love like really old trailers that just show you the whole movie. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> and then this happens. Yeah, like there's no concept of spoilers. It's just it like, is funny. you want to see this movie? You don't know? Well, let me tell you what it's all about. <laughs> and you know what? I defend it. I Yeah. People are so crazy about the spoilers. I think there's studies now that show that even knowing going into things, knowing exactly what happens, your enjoyment doesn't really go down. I understand like certain things like the sixth sense. That matters, but like people get upset with like if things are revealed that happen in the first twenty minutes. It's like that's not a spoiler. It's yeah. just like, and like I could see like uh, Avengers the end because like yeah that's such a big deal. You might not want to know who lives, who dies, how it happens, but Batman's gonna win. James Wan's gonna win. Like it's just like. There's very few movies that you don't know the general direction, right? And I understand. I don't... The specifics, but, like, you can talk in general terms about a lot of movies, and people still get all flustered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I go uh, both ways. It depends on what it is. Sometimes I don't care to know certain things. Um the one example that I always think of is the first Avengers movie. And it's again, it doesn't matter for the plot really. Um, but there was a, the, they did the shot of the Hulk catching Iron Man as he's falling. Right. And it's like, that was a cool thing action wise to throw in the trailer. But come that time, not that I really expected him to die or anything, but the way the scene is constructed is he's falling. Everyone's watching him. It's like, he's not slowing down. You see Thor revving up the hammer. So it almost looks like he's going to get him, but then Hulk comes in from the side and it's like, that would have been a nice little moment, but like that moment Mm -hmm. is ruined. It's not, it doesn't spoil the movie for me, but I remember after Mm -hmm. that, I'm like, next Avengers movie, not going (laughs) to try to watch many, if any trailers. I don't know if I did for age of Ultron. I haven't kept to that, but, uh, I feel like now they are already more strict when they're making trailers that you don't see anything. Well, that's the thing. Like I, uh, the last star Wars. Yeah. Those trailers are on the verge of incoherent and that like, you cannot guess anything that's going on. There, yeah, from it seems like someone took a bunch of clips, threw them in a project, gave it to someone who has no idea what the story is. And it's like, make something that looks cool out of these shots. 
It's like, okay. Right. You're, you're not allowed. Yeah, the guy that's making the trailer hasn't seen the movie. Yeah. He's given, like, ten minutes of footage. He's like, cut it down to two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and do something. Uh, one last thing, just for production design, it kind of made me think of uh, The Incredibles. Non-lethal shooting yeah where the guys shoot the weight yeah the magnets <laughs> that's what i thought of too was the incredibles with the black ball right. things but and it's just like i love that the and like even the goo in this movie non-lethal weapons and it's like that's such a good basic idea just to make something heavy so yeah. it's just like you can't take it with you it's just too heavy it's like that's a cool creative idea yeah yeah i like that that not that that's a whole episode, but there are a lot of those, like, creative, non-lethal weapons in movies. Like, that scene in Incredibles looks cool. I love the lighting in it, how it goes very, like, bright white. And the editing is just, like, so crazy. Yeah. And you just feel overwhelmed, and that's what's happening to him. Yeah, there's these same sort of thing in this. There's, like, these metal balls they shoot at the thing he's carrying. It weighs him down. Uh, thinking of talking about Spielberg, uh, Minority Report, those guns that they have that are just kind of like they knock you back, but like they're you know, non throw up guns, throw up guns. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the like you those ones, and then there's spin them, and then it like charges them, kind of thing, and then shoots like a, a wave, and it just like knocks people back. Right. And then they also have the like cattle progs that just make you puke. Yeah. <laughs> and that, right. Which is, I was listening to an interview with the guy that does uh, Ender's Games books. Yeah. And he was talking about like making characters that with like small powers, but like just like things like that uh, you can f make someone yawn. <laughs> right but then it's like it, i think it's for a woman or whatever and he says like it's practical for her because men will like pursue her like asking her on a date or like she gets herself in sticky situations but if, like how can you run after someone or talk to someone if you're yawning right it, uncontrollably or something like it's a stupid little thing but it just made me think of like yeah non-lethal weapon almost yeah, if I thought about it more, I could come up with some. But yeah, that is a, a a thing in movies. I like. I feel like there's probably a bunch in Mission Impossible. Yeah, Vulcan death grip, <laughs> not death grip. Obviously, Vulcan pinchy pinch, nerve pinch. And then James Bond always does like the hand chop to the back of the head, which I don't really think works. But we'll just pretend he's at least not killing everybody. That's another thing you haven't seen, Austin Powers. Yeah. And he does that. There's <laughs> like scenes where he's just like, judo chop. <laughs> and he'll just like announce it like every time he's doing it. He's like, judo chop, judo chop. Uh, that's good stuff. <laughs> um, so are we wrapping these up? Or you have uh, more? I have all these notes we haven't talked about. You really did okay, miss go, I, a good show. <laughs> last time around although we're already longer doing the two i kind of figured this would happen we're condensing 
both yeah, of them. It, I think it's fine. Um, okay, here's some similarities between the two. I have to bounce back and forth here. Uh, both main characters are majors. Bruce Willis was a major, and mm. Valerian is a major. Um, and then obviously there's the girl kind of sidekick. Um, what was another one? I had Rihanna's the same. It's okay. Two leads are likable. Forced romance. <laughs> uh, I think I already said all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's something else though that it was like structure wise, they feel a lot the same where mm -hmm. there's like one th main thing kind of happening in the background, but all the things leading up to it, it's like kind of just going from one place to another and they're all set in motion by the same thing, but it's not like they are fighting these bad guys that are trying to do something. And they have to stop them. That's I mean, there's something to be stopped, but that's not what they're doing the whole movie. So it's just kind of a fun adventure and there are obstacles along the way. And, uh, yeah. Um, one thing in, uh, Valerian, did you know the guy when, uh, he's doing the gun thing from another dimension, who that alien is? The big is it John Goodman? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it sounded like I him. didn't look it up, like run out right away. But I'm like, okay, I know this voice. It's this is this is good, John Goodman. Like it's changed a little bit, but it's like I don't recognize that voice anywhere. Um, and then he holds up the gun. That's another weapon I like. It's got like two barrels, but they like split to right. point at two different people. It's like Steve it, specifically complained about that because why would that ever exist? So That's you can shoot two people. Right. I believe that it's not a dumb gun. I f I'm feeling it would pick up that there's two targets there and it would adjust accordingly. Oh, even better. <laughs> but maybe, maybe it can't split. If it does, then I... That feels a little more like uh, Wild Wild West or something, <laughs> like some crazy yeah. invention from like... I've never seen Wild Wild West. Ooh. You should watch it. I don't know. <laughs> it's not great, but like, I feel like that is why people are into steampunk. <laughs> Set them down a road and uh, they never got off of it. I, I remember liking it, but I was a, a dumb kid in 2000 or 99, whenever it came out. Um, I like the music. <laughs> uh, Kenneth Branagh is the bad guy in that. And that was my first exposure to him. Hmm. So, yeah, I have all these other things to say about fifth element but we don't have to just all the little little touches here and there um there's the guy under the plane the flamethrower give me some heat man there's just some random rastafarian guy just 
nice little touch fun little character you see for a minute yeah i like the yellow circles yeah yeah the where it's just like hands. a thing that's not really explained like there's not a scene where it's like you have it's just you figure it out by watching it like it's super simple to figure out obviously but i feel yeah. in other movies it would be explained <laughs> or it's, you just see it and you understand what's going on yeah um i like the cruise ship and the aesthetic of old and new like it's kind of futuristic mm-hmm. but then they have all those old like nautical type things like the helm is an old ship's wheel, but they've got like screens all around them and stuff like that. And there's the old opera house on it. And they even say it's a recreation of some other opera house. Um, one complaint, and this is one of my few complaints about this movie is they don't use the gun to its full potential. Mm -hmm. He does the whole demo with it. But then when he's using it later, yeah, the demo Gary Oldman, he just promises. He just shoots the machine gun. <laughs> yeah, the demo promises so much more than what actually gets, happens. Yeah, like I think what we were saying is in the scene where he's shooting at Lilu, she's in the ceiling. It's like, fire off a couple rockets, use the flamethrower, like do something. Like, why are you just shooting bullets? And then there's also the repeater function. It seems like it's set up for right. Bruce Willis to use it at some point. Like he picks it up, shoots someone and then fires it around the corner mm-hmm. or something. Uh, which this kind of brings up the question of, uh, with the Indoraptor in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, if you could hit someone once, <laughs> do you really need to hit them that many times with the the replay button or whatever it's called? No, you do not. <laughs> but it's a cool concept. <laughs> and yes, I'm obviously referring to the laser. If you can point a laser at someone, then why not just shoot them in instead of sending a raptor after them. Uh, and then my only other complaint is not even a complaint, but just a, a movie thing when she's looking at pictures of war, looking at the W's, yeah. <laughs> just anything before 1980 and nothing after that, they could have put in something a little future ask right. because obviously there's still war in the future. There's, the federation or whatever they're called that uh the military that's still around Mm -hmm. uh and then the matchbook or not matchbook but the box of matches that he has at the very end when they need fire is set up early on when he's on the phone with his mother and he's going to light up one of his cigarettes with the extremely long filter on it which is also a nice little production touch is the cigarettes in the future mostly filter or that's what it looks like and just a little bit of tobacco on the end and he's gonna light it up and then it shows there's only one other match in the book in the box and they need it at the end uh the rest are just me writing down quotes i like (laughs) (laughs) 
chicken. Good. You are fired. Multipass. Yeah. Give me some heat. <laughs> and he, yeah, and I, I like Chris Tucker in it. I think he's funny. <clears throat> I don't find him annoying. Yeah. To be able to talk that fast is a talent. Yeah. Freeze those knees, my cheese. The term's in the place and he's all like, hey, yesterday's frog will be tomorrow's prince of Frostan Paradise. A hotel of a thousand and one follies, lollies, and nigga lollies. A magic fountain floor with nonstop wine, women, and all night long. Um, my man. A lot of my mans. <laughs> yeah, there's some funny stuff with that when he's doing his radio show and he's not really giving him much to work with. Like Bruce Willis just gives him one word answers. Yeah. So I would give both of these four. I in the original fifth element i had a three and a half but after discussing it and realizing how much i liked most of the movie boosted it up to a four valerian i feel is the opposite where it's like i'm loving 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 it and then it's just like oh a couple stupid things here or there yeah. it's not perfect bringing it down for me or whatnot but i think i would be excited if Luke Bazan can make it another 20 years and give us another sci-fi, crazy, tonally somewhat comedic, not too, doesn't, these movies both do not take themselves too seriously. They're yeah. just fun. Uh, they're, I don't really remember Fifth Element, but uh, Valerian's a little too long, but it's something you could watch as a group. It's very just popcorn, fun, simple movie. Uh, the twists aren't big, too complicated. Yeah, I think they are both fours. Yeah, I uh, I gave Fifth Element four and a half. Uh, I have some nostalgic attachment to it, but I think it's like a near perfect sci-fi there's a couple little problems but like uh i enjoy it and if it had been 10 years since seeing it i still remembered the majority of the lines like i could quote it along with it and stuff like that so stuck with me and uh yeah i was thoroughly engaged even though i knew everything that was happening i was easily could have just been on my phone and whatever but no i was completely sucked into it and then same valerian and the city of a thousand planets uh it it had me from the beginning like it that's where the the like space oddity beginning i was like i don't know about this like it wasn't like a perfect start it was it was okay i was wasn't like okay i'm on board it was probably like that after seeing the i already forget the name of the the race but the the aliens i was like okay this is pretty cool when it's just like getting to know this culture and these aliens 
And then also uh, once they were at big market, I'm like, okay, this is this is awesome. This is good creative action set pieces. Oh, I don't think I wrote it down, but I liked they shoot the one guard and then can control him. Yeah, that was a cool little thing. Um, so yeah, definitely fun popcorn. Uh, much like Lincoln, I started this way too late and managed to stay awake to the end. Uh, I was kind of drifting towards the end, but some of that could have been the movie itself and not just me. But uh, yeah, it could have been trimmed a bit, I think, and especially the romance stuff. Uh, they should have consulted me about that before going forward mm-hmm. with all that. Uh, so yeah, in anyone else's hands, I could see both of these being kind of generic and forgettable or you see it and it's like, yeah, it's okay. Maybe a three, but yeah, uh, Valerian four and I get four and a half to fifth element. Cause I think they go above and beyond what the standard is. They, they don't make it just good. They make it great. So check them out. If you haven't seen either one, they're both worth your time. Mm-hmm. That is a line of sight recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first <laughs> and we heard it here second. <laughs> Cause we recorded twice. That's it. Well, sign off. <laughs> um, if you are lucky, <laughs> you'll hear Battlefield Earth next week. We are kind of on a sci-fi kick with these, so um, neither of us had seen Battlefield Earth, and we recorded that. It has had some issues, but Nathan believes he can stick the landing <laughs> on it I by think, re-recording. I think I can act. make it work. <laughs> so. Uh, stay tuned for that. If not, we have a whole bag of tricks for <laughs> things you can expect next. So stay tuned. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, we got Dante's Peak and Volcano coming up soon. Yep, another one of the twin movies. Talked about a few others that we can do coming up. So, um, yeah. Keep downloading and we'll keep making them. Good night. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thank you.